What's going on, Austin, internet, surrounding areas, wherever you are? This is The Grapevine. As always, I am Giannis Banks, and I'm here with my wonderful co-host, Ms. Nikki Wooding Esquire. How are you, (laughs) ma'am? With the Esquire today, huh? Uh Uh-huh. Okay, well, hey, I'm good. I'm doing good. Still full from Easter dinner, but doing all right. How was your weekend? Yeah, it was it was it was good. It was good. <laughs> yeah. No more color to that. Uh, it celebrated my cousin's kid's twenty first birthday. Oh. Over in San Antonio, so. Family time. Uh, you call Jack Daniels your family? Yes, it was family time. Okay. Oh, okay. That could be part of the family. I think I have someone named Jack in there somewhere. Jack Jim. <laughs> Right. Well, we want to remind our listeners that they can definitely stay connected with us outside of our show airing here on KAZI. They can also stay connected with us on social media. That's Facebook and Instagram at The Grapevine Talk on Twitter at The Grapevine ATX. And catch our full show, our podcast, which is The Grapevine Talk. It's available on Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Radio, Pandora, TuneIn, Listen Notes, and Apple. No? Man. We'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah. Yes, we'll get there. Mm-hmm. All right, you ready to jump into things? Yep. All right, let's go on in. All right, so do you remember a week ago, we were just talking about Governor Abbott and his mandate to have a second inspection at the border? Yes. It was causing the miles of traffic. Truckers were complaining that they were losing gasoline, of course, work hours to transport their goods to wherever their location was. There was a protest going on on the Mexican border Mm -hmm. due to that as well. And it was also raising the cost of produce. Well, it seems that Governor Abbott has done an about face and claims to have reached a fourth and final deal with four of the governors of four Mexican states that border Texas. So on Friday, Governor Abbott says the deals with Chihuahua, Coahuila, Nuevo Leon, and Tamaulipas were historic, calling them an example of how border states can work together on immigration. Nice, huh? I mean, it sounds nice, but... Okay, well, let me, fi- look, let me finish. Okay. But three of the four Mexican governors said they will simply continue security measures they put in place before Abbott ordered the state inspections to begin with. <laughs> <laughs> so nothing's changing. Nothing's changing. Right, right. So while he was patting himself on the back for having this historic deal, these governors are saying nothing's changing. We just wanted the border open back up and remove these extra inspections so we can get some business done. Those states, they've been doing that for years now. So they're not doing anything new. Mm-hmm. This was, I believe, what a lot of people were saying was publicity stunt. Yes. Or, Something for the base, I should say. Yeah. To show them that, hey, look, I'm securing our border mm-hmm. when the federal government isn't. They're not doing enough. So here am I holding my, you know, making my promises saying I will keep the border safe and secure because the feds don't want to do it. Biden doesn't want to do it. Here am I doing it and I'm making these deals, working hard as your governor. Right. However... <laughs> When you pull back the layers Mm -hmm. and you hear that most people, when they hear that the deal you reach is the deal you had. Right. Maybe he's been reading the art of making a deal 
I don't know. Because it <laughs> doesn't sound like a deal was really made. It was the Trump University deal, definitely. We already have an issue with inflation right now. And for him to contribute to that issue by this publicity stunt, as some people are saying, it's just questionable of is your motive really to help us Texans or are you really here for yourself? Yeah. You know those stickers that people will put on gas pumps mm -hmm. of Joe Biden saying I did that? Mm -hmm. I actually saw some stickers of Abbott mm -hmm. on the price of like avocados and other produce saying I did that. Hmm. So, hmm. well, speaking of now inflation, the city of Austin is getting ready to start a pilot program and will help residents facing extreme hardships and they'll get $1,000 a month for a full year. This is called the Guaranteed Income Program, and it's meant to help the most vulnerable in the community, such as families on the brink of eviction and people who've recently found themselves on the street. There will be a total of 85 recipients that will take part in this pilot, but we're waiting to get more information as far as how recipients will be selected, you know, what qualifications and when the application process will open. It's gonna go before city council later on tonight. Mm -hmm. They'll have more conversation. I know there are some city council members that had, I guess, some questions and concerns about this. It was budgeted in last year's budget, so the money is already there. And, you know, it's a way to help out those who need it the most. We know the cost of living in Austin has gone up. We know. And cost of everything in Austin has gone up, and it's gotten pricey. And if this is a way to help the, some of those who need it the most, then... I'm okay with it. Mm -hmm. We all are hurting in different ways, but some of us are hurting a little less. You know, if it keeps somebody from off the streets and right. we have a homeless problem already that we can't seem to agree on what to do about it or how to fix it or what's the best route to go, I'm okay with this. If this is going to help keep that number down as we try to help keep somebody in their house. Yep, I, I totally agree with you. You know, in these pilot programs, they are underway in cities across the U.S. That includes Los Angeles and Chicago. It's modeled after a 2019 program in Stockton, California. Based on their first year report, it shows that the income recipients saw their financial situations actually stabilize. And some were even able to start saving for unexpected costs and others benefited with jobs. I think I, I really agree with you that this is a really good program and could have some positive effects on those who are a part of it. Yeah. Speaking of helping each other out now. Mm -hmm. All right. Texas is waiving sales tax on emergency supplies good. between April 23rd and tw the 25th. This weekend, Texans will be able to purchase emergency supplies to help prepare for severe weather. The tax holiday starts at 12.01 a.m. on Saturday and ends at midnight on Monday. Now, everything is not on this list of what we would consider emergency supplies. Some things that did not make the list, for instance, were medical masks and face masks, cleaning supplies, like disinfectants and bleach wipes, mm -hmm. gloves, and toilet paper. Right. All the things that went scarce when the pandemic kicked off. True, true, true. Is what it sounds like they kept off. I can understand why, because of how scarce they went when the pandemic kicked off. Mm -hmm. I believe that they don't want to see that happen again knowing that folks would probably do that again because we don't learn from our mistakes the first time around. So it's better to be prepared. So if there's something that you need for emergencies, we've seen how crazy the weather has been. There's tornado that hit in the Central Texas area yes, uh, in the past four weeks, so, which is not that normal. And we're getting up to that time of year when it'll soon be hurricane season. Now, even though the hurricanes don't typically make it up this way. Right. You never know. This year has been crazy, mm -hmm. and I don't trust nothing. So... <laughs> 
if it's some emergency supplies that you need, it wouldn't be a bad time. I don't think this applies for Amazon, so you may have to oh, man. actually go into the physical store because okay. you know Amazon, where you buying from, I don't, I forget how the sales tax work or whatever. So you probably are gonna have to go inside an actual store or order from their online portal. That might work for you. I don't know. Right. Oh, bummer. Amazon. I can't use them. It's just so convenient. I'm just saying. We're just talking about masks. Ooh, we had a sweeping ruling that came down recently that is definitely changing our landscape for transportation. A U.S. district judge struck down the federal mask mandate for airplanes and other modes of public transportation on Monday. In that ruling, they cited that the CDC had exceeded its authority and failed to follow proper rulemaking procedures. We've also heard from the other side of saying that, hey, public health decisions shouldn't be made by the courts. They should be made by public health experts. And I believe that they probably are prepared to appeal this decision so that public experts will be able to have their say in these types of decisions. Yeah, DOJ said they would appeal the decision if the CDC believes masks are needed going forward. Mm -hmm. uh, the rule from the CDC was set to expire by May 5th, I believe it's the date. Right. This covered all public transportation, so your buses, your trains, any of that. No, right. Uber and Lyft. Uber and Lyft, too. They're saying their stuff is now optional. Right, and so it included New York Metropolitan Transportation Authority, that's the metro trains, mm -hmm. and rideshare platforms, and airlines. I know there was a cascade of carriers from Delta, Southwest, American, and they're saying that masks are now optional for travelers aboard their aircraft. I know for some that's concerning because when you get on the plane, you don't know where someone's coming from or what environment that they were in before they boarded the flight. What do you think? Are you still wearing a mask on the plane? Yeah, okay. I could probably I, I could see that just that close confides, and we we've seen how people are. Mm -hmm. I more than likely will for a while. They're still encouraging people to wear a mask on public transit, airplanes, trains, buses, what have you. People are selfish. Yeah, it's that simple, man. It, it's we've seen how upset some folks have gotten at the airport because they don't want to wear a mask. <laughs> right? Haven't we? Yeah, and you know we've seen people get upset. In other places for not wanting to wear a mask. So, yeah, I, I can see myself on the bus or in the plane or on a train. I feel like a Dr. Seuss book at this point. <laughs> wearing a mask. Right. Sitting next to a cat in a hat, right? <laughs> I don't know. Are you going to still wear the mask? Oh, yeah. I'm definitely going to continue wearing my mask. And, of course, Kurt encouraging my baby girl to wear her mask as well. We still wear them in stores. We ain't letting up all the way. She's sitting she said encouraging like she got a choice. Right? I'm encouraging her by well, telling Well, see, I, I, well, you have to encourage. And see, this is the difference of when you can tell they don't have kids. Because when they go to school, I'm not there to enforce. So I have to keep encouraging so she can make sure she continues to wear them. You seen Pootie Tang? No. Ah, well, so Pootie Tang was scared of his dad because his dad would pop out of anywhere mm -hmm. when he was a kid to beat him with his belt if he was acting up. <laughs> That's the kind of fear I had in my folks. Oh, okay. So, yeah, no. I'm going to school? No. Mm -mm. They know. I don't know how they know. They know. So, oh, yeah. Yeah. They, and I'm using air quotes. Y'all can't see me, but she can. They encouraged me mm -hmm. to do things, but that encouragement... Yeah. It wasn't really an option. <laughs> I know. Well, schools are not as lenient for us parents to come there on campus to enforce. So, like I said, I'm going to continue to encourage. Okay.
along the way. But yes, I do remember the days of enforcement. <laughs> courage not to get this beaten. Okay. That's the encouragement. That was encouragement we used to get. I encourage you not to catch this whooping you won't catch. <laughs> you're right. You're right. You're right. Put this mask on. Like, I don't know. I had an out-of-body experience. My bad. What was I doing? All right. For this next part, we're going to kind of highlight two states. Because I just need to know what is going on. So we are talking about in Tennessee and in Florida. Florida, I know we probably heard about over and over again. We've talked about Florida probably every other week because Florida is going to Florida. Just Google Florida man and Florida woman. And then... <laughs> and put your birthday. Grab. Don't even do that. Right. That's really going to scare you. Just grab some popcorn and travel down the rabbit hole that is Florida man, Florida woman. Right. Well, also, we have things going on in Tennessee, too. So did you hear about the black Tennessee mayor that signed the proclamation declaring April Confederate History Month? I did not. So the mayor of Livingston, Tennessee, Robert Hayes, has declared April Confederate History Month while surrounded by members of the Sons of the Confederate Veterans. This organization is based in Tennessee mm-hmm. and is actually comprised of male descendants of Confederate soldiers who view the Civil War as a second American revolution. The group claims to be anti-racist and non-political, but does not admit the Civil War was fought over the South's attempt to preserve slavery. Right. They're a history revisionist. Mmm. I like... I, that's an interesting term. Yeah. They may yeah. need some critical race theory in their life. Okay. So, the Livingston mayor, again, Mr. Hayes, he is nonpartisan with no record of a party affiliation, and... People are questioning whether he was forced or coerced in any capacity to back this proclamation. And they also joined Mississippi in celebrating April as Confederate History Month. As Mississippi's governor, Tate Reeves, says he wants to keep their tradition going in Mississippi. I remember talking about that governor possibly last year or so. Mm-hmm. Now, whether this cat was forced or not, I don't know. I believe he doesn't have to do the proclamation if he doesn't want to. Have you seen the picture? I've seen the picture. Proclamations are done by choice. I know that they are, but... You don't have to do it. I don't believe he had to do it. Now, I could be wrong. I'm not up on Tennessee laws rules or what have you but i strongly believe that he w- didn't have to do that if he didn't want to do it it's kind of hard to make somebody do a proclamation you kind of got asked so look we-, we have the sons of confederate veterans here in texas as well they've tried to do stuff like get confederate license plates and a bunch of other crazy things what have you yeah they pushed the, the history of the civil war it wasn't about slavery mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though if you read mississippi's articles of secession texas articles of secession south carolina's articles of secession name a state articles of secession slavery is explicitly stated mm-hmm. in there i don't know how you arguing with the words but whatever makes you feel good. I guess these are the critical race theory opponents. Uh, I don't know. They don't like to believe that. Right. How you running from the truth? I guess what was the term again? The history revisionist. Revisionist. Yeah. They're revisioning the truth. Uh-huh. I guess it makes you feel bad because your great-great-granddaddy wasn't the guy you thought he was. I don't know. Or he was. Or he was, and you just don't want everybody else to know that. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't have done it if I was him. And if somebody said I had to do it, I'd just say, take me to court. Let's see. Mm. All right. I hear you. But also this other story. I kind of want you to leave this story because you brought it to my attention. It was a situation out in Mason, Tennessee, which is a majority black town mm-hmm. out there. So yeah, so with Mason, Tennessee, they're having a lawsuit that's been filed. They have had a history of financial troubles. Mm-hmm. 
before the elected government there became majority black, they were majority white. Okay. That's when they had the history of financial problems for the city budget. Okay. The newly elected folks had come in and they've been taking steps to get the town right, financially stable. Mm-hmm. There is a Ford plant. A uh, pickup truck factory is being built not far from Mason. Right. And that's going to equal jobs, money, things of that, na- things of that nature for the state of Tennessee. Mm-hmm. So it became real odd when the comptroller decided that they're going to come take over the town of Mason and saying, and this was on March 17th, taking over his finances. I'm trying to understand what that means. Like the state is just going to come in mm-hmm. and pretty much dictate everything that goes on in their books. Right. Does it go to the extent of also for contractors? How does that all work? Do you have to go through the state now for everything? Well, it's quite possible that they will dissolve the town. And that's the biggest fear, that they dissolve the town and then have it annexed into the county or maybe another city that's close by. So there's no longer a Mason. Oh, so they will surrender their charter. Yeah. Oh, wow. So that, And that's the big thing right here now and the problem they have is that they had the comptroller's office mm-hmm. hasn't done this with any other county or city that wasn't majority black mm. they've done it to other places they've taken over other towns mm-hmm. but they didn't dissolve the towns or do anything like that they have given these other places the opportunity to correct themselves mm-hmm. with mason no and mason has even received funds from the american rescue plan that they were going to use to help paying off their debt right and they can't do that as this litigation is going on you know they're working to repay his debts once again they are even asking for like 27 months to pay it back so they're saying this comptroller is trying to correct problems that don't exist mm. so they're basically alleging that there's double standards going on right Oh, wow. Well, this situation is still fluid because I don't think that it's been resolved yet. And I guess the judge is going to have to decide whether they're going to grant Mason their temporary restraining order against the comptroller's office mm-hmm. so they can't take over. Right. And here's your double standards. It was this town called Jellico, Tennessee. Mm-hmm. 93% white. Okay. It had its finances taken over by the comptroller office in 2013. Mm-hmm. And in 2018, after city council members stole over $100,000 in public funds. The comptroller office only gave limited oversight of the city funds compared to what they're trying to do with Mason or just take it over. Oh, wow. There's Van Buren County, Tennessee. It's Mm -hmm. 96% white. Mm -hmm. It was taken over in 2020 after what the comptroller's office described the county was in worse financial condition than any county in Tennessee. Mm. Van Buren County was $9 million in debt. Wow. With only $1,395 remaining in the budget. Remaining? Right. Oh, wow. The comptroller did not assert financial approval control over the county finances and receive an unrestricted loan from the state of roughly $680,000, according to the lawsuit. Mason's not being given a chance to do what that county and that city got to do. Right. Especially when you look at Van Buren County. The latitude and support they got from the comptroller's office, Mason and Right. And the people who ran Mason in the ground are no longer in office and the people there in Mason have been working to fix the situation since 2018. So when they look at it, they see the double standard and once again, I know the Ford company said they are paying attention to what's happening, mm-hmm. but kind of at the heart of this is the Ford plant, which will employ about 5,600 workers and of course construction will create jobs. 
so. They hope the plant to bring large businesses, small right. businesses, hotels there. It's going to help revitalize the area. Right. If they can annex that into whatever and then have Mason benefiting from that, it seems to be that's the goal. Wow. So currently, as an update, the debt now stands at $260,000. That's it. You know, it actually rose to almost $700,000, but they've already paid it down. Wow, we're gonna keep on top of that story because that is just appalling that this double standard is happening. But I hope the courts can intervene and work this out, help them work it out. Now we did say we were gonna talk about Tennessee, but we also said we were gonna talk about Florida. <laughs> now, for the past couple weeks, we have talked about Florida almost religiously, right? If it hasn't been the Don't Say Gay Bill, dance team that was at Disney, mm -hmm. remember that? Yeah. We had even Disney's response to the Don't Say Gay Bill with their employees. Yep. DeSantis scolding a student for wearing a mask at a press event. It's been a saga, to say the least. It's been Florida. Florida, right. Because <laughs> Florida is going to Florida. Mm-hmm. Okay. Governor DeSantis' battle with Disney escalated on Tuesday when he announced that lawmakers will consider repealing the structure for Disney's properties, a move that would end special privileges the company had long enjoyed and appears aimed at punishing Disney for speaking out against the so-called Don't Say Gay law. According to the legislation, a district was kind of carved out, if you will, for Disney. That was created in 1967. It spans two counties, 25,000 acres, and gives the company broad powers to control what happens on their property. The name of this district is Reedy Creek. It levies taxes and controls everything from roads to the water, electricity, covering four theme parks, two water parks, and more than 40,000 hotel rooms and a slew of restaurants and retail stores. Disney didn't immediately respond to DeSantis, but we all know that they're not going to be happy about them losing out on this special structure and privileges that they had. <sighs> DeSantis. So, we, <laughs> we, we, we hear a lot of people misrepresent your First Amendment right, freedom of speech, right? Mm -hmm. This is actually, I would think, I think anyway, a definition of what freedom of speech is supposed to protect because they have ruled before that corporations are people. Correct. Hence why they can give opinions, opinions and contributions, contributions to, mm -hmm. to political, political campaigns, right? Mm -hmm. So if they are people, mm -hmm. the First Amendment right is supposed to protect you from retaliation from the government against what you say. Right. And here's a quote from the author of the two bills, HB3C and, and SB4C. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I guess of one of the bills. This is what he says. This is Republican State Rep Randy Fine, who sponsored the House bill. Mm -hmm. You kick the hornet's nest, things come up. And they said the Republicans on the House State Affairs Committee slammed Disney as perverted by a woke mob and goofy with power. Before they passed the vote, you have other examples of them saying they want to be woke and they should be governed by Orange County. So it appears to me, and once again, y'all know I'm no attorney. I've only hung out with a few of them and I've slept at a few Holiday Inn Expresses. So that's the background of my legal experience. But it sounds like they are being punished for speaking out on something that they are against. 
Right, because the Democratic state rep, Dodie Joseph, she had a great quote, which was punishing a company for daring to speak against the governor's radical right political agenda. It's precisely the kind of things that we see in countries like Russia and China. And I think that you are correct in your analysis of looking at the First Amendment and how it applies to corporations and giving them the ability to express their views over things that are happening in the public discussions and even in things that they just want to speak out on. You know, they're considered individuals. I also think with that being said, with him having these laws repealed, it just shows that there is a consequence or some type of oppression that they're receiving for speaking against him. And that is a form of chilling someone's expression, right? Mm -hmm. And that would make them or other companies view their consequence or their punishment Mm -hmm. as a means for them to not do what they did. I think that if this continues, I do see this ending up in our legal minute shortly because I do believe that Disney is going to fight back. But also, isn't DeSantis running for president? He hasn't officially said, but there are many who believe that he's jockeying and trying to put himself in position to run for president. Mm -hmm. And there's many who even think President Trump sees him as a problem because he is going after many of Trump's supporters. Mm -hmm. They are seeing him that could be the, the Trumpian candidate, if you Nothing is official yet. Right. And I just feel that for someone that is running for president, don't you realize that your biggest platform is probably going to be one of the networks that Disney owns? The debates are conducted on those networks? What? Yeah, they would be. But the Republicans have come out and said that they are not participating in any of those presidential debates by the Presidential Debate Commission. What are they called? Right. But it's not even just the debate. It's their talk shows. It's Mm -hmm. everything to be able to to push your campaign forward and using those as tools to go ahead and appeal to other people or even appeal to your base that watches those programming. I just don't understand how you're fighting against someone who you're going to reach out to at some point to help you in your campaign. I just don't get it. You mean the mainstream media who I talk about? So I can just go. But they're still on it, though. They're on it. They'll still cover my campaign. I'm I'm not worried about going on there. I'll get my truth out through social media, Fox News, the other network that I can't think of the name right now. And they've shown that that can be successful. Well, and that's, uh, again, I think that goes back to whether we're running successful campaigns or we just having shock value campaigns. Because if you're just trying to get on their network, it's now you have to do something that's going to bring shock value for them to be able to cover. It's not necessarily your platform, it's just your antics. Right. So I don't understand why you would want your antics to supersede what you intend to do for our country. Because you're thinking of it in a logical place and that's not what they want. <laughs> See, that's the thing I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand. I know. You're going from logic, but they're going from the emotion of, I just need them to hear me doing, hence Greg Abbott and the border stuff, right? With the the checks. Okay. Not effective. Mm -hmm. Got nothing out of it. Right. But the stories are, I'm out there fighting for, or I can put out there for my report, my spin of, I'm fighting for border control. You think ABC didn't cover this thing that that they're doing? True. I bet you they did. And guess what? If I was watching ABC and I heard that, (laughs) that's my guy. Look at him. He's doing great. I don't have to hear from him. I don't want to hear from them. If I want to hear from them, I'll look at Fox News. I'll look at that other network. I'll go to social media and see what he says. He's not banned from Twitter yet. I got ways to hear from him. 
I ain't worried about ABC. But I do find this funny that you have all these people who rail against cancel culture mm -hmm. are now doing the exact thing they say you shouldn't do with canceling, trying to cancel mm. Disney and whatnot. Like Dan Patrick has come out and said folks from Texas shouldn't go to Disney and he you know, don't want to be going to Disney anymore. Is this not cancel culture? That's true. Am I confused about how this works? Is Stop being logical. See, you're falling into my rabbit hole. You're being logical. Oh, no. Yes, somewhat. I am. It's like it's cancel culture when somebody else do it, but when you do it, it's just I'm teaching you a lesson. Right. Uh-huh. Dang, cancel culture. Right. Oh, yeah. Also, with the, in Florida, they're canceling textbooks. Math textbooks, to be exact. Math is hard. Well, the it state... Ain't. I'm sorry. That's just a quote from the Boondocks. My bad. Right. Um, the Florida Education Department has rejected 54 mathematics textbooks for curriculum from K-12, through citing reasons spanning the inclusion of critical race theory to common core learning concepts. The rejected books make up 41% of the 132 books submitted for review. Of them, 28 were rejected because they incorporate prohibited topics or unsolicited strategies, including critical race theory. I, math. It's hard, son. Look. Math. I, I know they gave out some numbers of some of the percentage of what they include. Because it's math. Right. <laughs> If you ask them to point to you how is this critical race theory or explain to you how this is critical race theory, they wouldn't be able to. I know. This is just silly. Exhausting. Uh, this <clears throat> is, these are math books and this ain't doing anything. We're just going, we going back to book burns again? Is that what we're doing? We're going to create a pile of books and burn them? Is this what's happening? Yes, that is what's happening because DeSantis came out and says, it seems that some publishers attempted to slap a coat of paint on an old house built on the foundation of Common Core and indoctrinating concepts like race essentialism, especially, bizarrely, for elementary school students. What? What? I don't know. I don't know. I just, Okay. I just I feel like the whole concept of critical race theory has just completely been turned on its head. And I think that one of the major problems that we have is that there isn't enough dialogue across the aisles and even across races to really understand what even critical race theory is and what people are trying to accomplish with critical race theory. It's their new boogeyman. They don't want people to know what it is. Just that it's a scary word and you should be terribly afraid whenever you hear it, mm -hmm. they're going to come kidnap your child and brainwash your child and just do terrible things to it because it's critical race theory. I don't have to know what it is. I don't want to know what it is. Don't ask me to explain it. I can't. But what I can tell you is that it's bad. Mm. Why? Because they told me it was. I don't even know what it does. Right. And that's the problem. Is that... We're not having dialogue. There's... And, that, and, and, that's, and I think that as, as in general as a country, we are not having dialogue. I think everyone is in their own little silos, having their dis discussions with their people, but no one is having the discussion across political, racial, ideological lines. I would add something to the dot. We're not having honest dialogue because we'll talk at each other and mm -hmm. have a conversation and say what you think, what you believe, or, or what you feel. Mm -hmm. Feelings again, what you feel. And, you know, you can sit in the room and hear people have this whole conversation and you can show what used to be known as facts. Hmm. I don't even know what if they're known as facts anymore, but you can show stuff that's known as facts. Mm -hmm. And people will flat out be like, nah, nah, that's that, that's that BS that you be doing. Mm -hmm. It's math. Yeah, critical race theory math. Oh, okay, my bad. What? 
I'm sorry. I, I thought the numbers and the data spoke for themselves. Yeah, we're not having honest dialogue, sincere conversations. It's more just trying to prove a point. Right. Or to raise funds or to do a soundbite so I can be on whatever news that's leaning my way and I'll be there being interviewed so I can raise my platform and X, Y, Z. Like The shock value politics, like we just said. Yeah, you know, and, and it's been taught. Carl Rove was the mastermind of this with, get them afraid. Mm. Fear is the biggest motivator to make somebody do something. Mm. If you're scared that this is gonna happen, you will get up and go and vote because I don't want this to happen and Nikki's just gonna do it. Well, did Nikki ever say she's gonna do it? No, but I heard Jimmy say she's gonna do it and I like Jimmy. Jimmy made me feel that way. I'm good, but she's showing you how she's not doing it. Anyway, soapbox, I'm off. <laughs> you good? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, man, you know. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm gonna give you a little break. Let's have a little, uh, <laughs> let's have a quick legal minute. Ain't never quick. Go ahead. Ouch. <laughs> it made me feel better. Uh, no, I'm playing. Let's see what you got. Okay, so a lawsuit seeking to block Republican Representative Marjorie Taylor Greene from seeking re-election can proceed according to a ruling on Monday from a federal judge. The suit alleges that Marjorie Greene is unfit for office because of her support of rioters who attacked the U.S. Capitol. In a challenge filed with the Georgia Secretary of State, a group of voters claimed that Greene violated a provision of the U.S. Constitution known as the insurrection disqualification clause. Green has sought a temporary injunction against the lawsuit, arguing that it's unlikely to be resolved before Georgia's primary elections on May 24th. However, the judge disagreed and is allowing for the case to move forward. Yeah, if I remember right, I believe she has to take the stand and will be questioned. Oh yeah, more than likely she will take the stand. And that really made her mad. Well, I think that anybody that takes the stand, you know, a force to take the stand, it does put them in a position where it's a question of whether they're going to prevail from their claim and whether the jury will believe them or judge will believe them. But I think that if she takes a stand, it's going to be interesting to see how this questioning goes in her involvement in January 6th. And I think it's going to go deeper than just what they were saying, her support. It might go beyond support. So I would believe she may be upset about taking the stand in that capacity. She has to swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And that's mm. what's going to get her. Because, yeah. Right. So, well, we have some time to see how it plays out. But her clock is running out toward that Georgia primary. <sighs> All right, but moving along, we do have Jam Master Jay's alleged shooter, who is now charged with his slang once his murder indictment dropped or a separate trial that's severed from a co-defendant who previously spoke about the killing in Playboy magazine. A new motion was filed in Brooklyn Federal Court on Monday by lawyers for Carl Jordan Jr. saying that his murder charges should be dismissed because the government waited too long to seek the August 2020 indictment with claims that Jordan broke into Jam Master J's recording studio on October 30th, 2002 and opened fire as revenge for a cocaine deal gone bad. So the lawyer said that because of the delay, it is now too late for Jordan to obtain beeper records and other objective evidence to support his alibi and the location of a possibly critical eyewitness is no longer known. Okay, can I unpack this for a second? Because it's a lot. 
What's happening is the alleged shooter, Carl Jordan Jr., he was indicted in 2022, in August, for the shooting of Jam Master J. He now wants a separate trial because the co-defendant started talking in Playboy magazine. And he's saying in 2002, we had beeper records. We did. Oh yeah, you still had some beepers. I don't remember having a beeper in 2002. I had a cell phone. You weren't doing nothing illegal. No, but, oh, okay, okay. All right, you wanna argue that? Nope, I don't wanna argue that at all. (laughs) I'll stop right there. (laughs) I will stop right there. So in this article titled The Last Days of Jam Master J, which was in Playboy magazine, Ronald Washington, who was a co-defendant, alleged that he provided cover during the shooting. He also implicated Jordan as well. So that is why he's saying that his statements and him being linked to him in these hearings are detrimental to his case because it hurts him as far as reasonable doubt. Wow. Wow. You know, it was a lot for them to even get to him. Because remember, the shooting happened in 2002. Yeah. He wasn't indicted till 2020. So that was 18 years. (sighs) I know. Yeah, this was one of those... All the murders, all the deaths are tragic, but this one really hit the hip-hop community hard. Mm -hmm. It's Jam Master J. And even when it came out with, well, it was a cocaine deal going bad, there was a lot of folks like, nah, that don't sound like J Mm -hmm. at all. Um, And that's whatever. This has been, there's there's not a lot of hip-hop murders, high-profile murders that are solved. Mm -hmm. Pops, big Jam Master J. I think folks were surprised when it came across that somebody was being indicted, charged. 2002, we had Skytail Pagers, right? I think that's probably what he's... Oh, we did? Yeah. Oh. That's probably what he's talking about. But Mm -hmm. this is going to be a a case to definitely pay attention to, especially if you are a a hip-hop person, to see how this play out and see how this is going to be proved. That is a long gap from when it happened to them being arrested and how they're going to prove their case. It is a huge gap. Yeah. So I mean, it's on their it's their burden to be able to prove it. <sighs> Let's see how this plays out because I think that we need closure for fans, family, mm-hmm. and everyone. So I hope that this one comes to a resolution soon. Also, across the globe, I don't know if you saw the documentary. Did you? I gave you the homework. Sinzu, did you watch the documentary on Netflix? No. Nope. I don't even remember you being given the homework. But, I you did know. give you the homework. All I'm right. A, I'm going to believe you. All right. However, so. my, your honor, I'm going to appeal the decision, but go ahead. <laughs> so, um, well, you admitted to it, so it wouldn't stand an appeal. So the murder of, <laughs> so Sinzu is on Netflix. It's about a murder of a South African soccer star. It was shocking to the country, but what was most shocking was the fact that he was murdered and there were eyewitnesses in the room with him while he was murdered. However, there are varying stories of what happened for this murder and there are conspiracy theories of whether it was a cover-up from the stories that have come out after the murder took place. Very interesting documentary, four parts, and the reason why it makes it into my legal minute is because the trials are now about to happen. So if you watch the documentary, you can kind of keep up with the murder trial that's going on. And currently, a couple of the suspects are under witness protection as they are preparing for the trial, are blaming the state for withholding crucial witness statements until the 11th hour. The trial was supposed to take place on April 11th, but it's been pushed back to today. 
There are going to be some updates, which I do intend to bring next week, about what's going on with this trial. I don't want to spoil it for people that want to watch the documentary because it's really, really, really good. It's a really uh, uh, documentary, kind of like a whodunit type deal, you know? But that's all for my legal minutes since you didn't do your homework. I cannot confirm nor deny. Well, you already denied it, so nope. you don't have to. I cannot confirm nor deny. I got my stay. Whatever. The judge granted me my stay. No, I didn't. My appeal. Whatever. Thank you, Your Honor. Mm-hmm. Money's right. in the bag. <laughs> right. Well, you know what was different for Easter? You know, I was hanging out with the family and stuff. Was um, that different? No. Oh, okay. No, that wasn't the different part. Okay. The part checking. that was different was that, you know, we usually watch the playoffs and watch the games mm-hmm. during Easter dinner and stuff like that. And I was asking my dad, hey, what time's the Laker game? Come on. They're like, it ain't coming on. <laughs> LeBron didn't make it to the playoffs for real, for real. Yeah. This happened before with the Lakers. That he ain't make it. Wow. This ain't the first time. You think it's the end for him? No. Okay. Because he, he's still balled out this year. Now, the rest of his team? Right. Yeah, maybe a new coach is going to help. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So they are getting that. Okay. For the slammer. I think I maybe watched one Laker game this year. I saw the highlights and heard people talk about him. But I know enough to know that he did ball out. Mm-hmm. rest of the team didn't show up. Mm-hmm. They went and got all these stars, people that he picked. Right. Ron said, get me Melo, get me Westbrook. Westbrook. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, they had AD, and AD just couldn't stay healthy. I don't know if he needs to change his his off-season regimen, because yeah. uh, he's getting hurt, too. And some of it are fluke injuries, yes. The twisting of the ankle and the whole nine, whole nine of, you know, stepping on somebody's foot. Mm-hmm. Get it. But he's getting he, he may need to hang out with LeBron for the off-season and, and see what he does and do something. But you had these stars. It didn't work. Was it the coach's fault? Was it the player's fault? Mixture of both, probably. Right. Uh, but he'll be sitting at home like everybody else, watching the playoffs. Or he might be watching the Laker documentary on HBO. He'll be tweeting about the playoffs. He ain't watching that. I ain't. The documentary. That Well, it's, it's a not a documentary. documentary. It's, a dr- it's a dramatic story. Right. I mean, yeah. Thank you for clearing that up. Right. Yeah. Right, yeah. It's, it's a good series, though. I like it. It's interesting. It's interesting. Uh, yeah, he, he it ain't his first time being home. And, you know, hey, maybe just put some fire into those teammates of his and maybe to him as well to come back next year with a vengeance because jokes were made mm-hmm. about how old they were. Mm-hmm. I believe the Bulls team that won 72 was older or if not about the same age. So, wow. Well, somebody else is fired up. Not Stephen A. Smith. <laughs> He's always fired. Like, when is he not yelling? Right. When is he not? Exactly. So on Tuesday, he was fired up about Colin Kaepernick trying to come back to the NFL. So he claims that Colin Kaepernick wanted to come back to work as a backup quarterback. is utter nonsense. Although he supported Kaepernick from the time that he and the 49ers parted ways and even his post-play and agreements and lawsuits with the NFL. Stephen A. said he supported him, but he's sick of the conversation about Kaepernick potentially getting back into the league. Cap deserves a chance as much as anybody else. Mm-hmm. There have been a bunch of subpar mm-hmm. players who were definitely not on Kaepernick's level who have had starting jobs or backup jobs. They wouldn't bring Cap in for a trial. I think Seattle did, and the coach was just like, we talked about this before, how he was like, well, you know, he's too good to be a backup. He'll be, he needs to be starting. He only needs to be on our team. He, he needs to be starting somewhere. So we're not going to sign him. Mm-hmm. He never has wavered from 
wanting to play in the NFL and wanted a chance. That story, that statement has never changed. Every season, he like, he, I'm in shape. I'm working out. I want to play. I want to play. I want to play. But nobody's giving him a chance. Every but. time a quarterback would get hurt, the first name that everybody would throw out there, fans and others, would be like, want to call in Cap? You've caught in folks who haven't played in four years. You've caught in folks who was coaching high school football to come up and be your backup. You've caught up folks who had less experience in Cap to come be backups. Right, but at the same time, he's been offered help along the way since things have happened. You had him being invited to work out with the NFL and he refused to work out because of some waiver or liability issues. You've had other people that have tried to extend a hand to him and Colin is just like, hey, I want to do it my way. So at what point do you say, A, my way is not working and I need to adjust my approach? Or B, this league is going to be what it is and I don't want to adjust my ways and I don't want to be a part of this anymore. I think that we've been doing this, what about Colin, for years now. Mm -hmm. And I think kind of to Stephen A's point, and I say kind of with emphasis, (laughs) kind of to Stephen A's point that, hey, it's year after year after year. We're screaming Colin's name to give him a chance. But I don't know if these protests that people are having are in vain or if this is truly what he wants to do or just stating the fact that, hey, I'm still in shape and I'm able to play. Not necessarily that he wants to go out there to play because I believe it's something that he wanted. Colin has a strong enough mindset that he would have been on that field by now. That's just my opinion. Yeah, I don't know. He has a strong enough mindset. He's been wanting to be out there. He's keep doing workout videos, sends it out to the different teams. And I don't make it into camp. Maybe when somebody get hurt, they'll give me a call. I'm here. I'm available. I'm showing you. I'm staying in shape. I'm ready. And somebody gets hurt, and you go find Jimmy Jenkins, who folks ain't never heard of, to come. To, like, ah, we like Jimmy. We think he's going to get something from him. Well, when did Jimmy play? Well, he was the backup in college at Virginia Tech. You know, we thought highly of him coming out of college. What was that? <laughs> Seven years ago. Right. Word. So he didn't take a team to the Super Bowl? No, no, no. Right. And so it's one of them things of there may be some things that he could do differently. And he had his reasons for not liking the proposal that they were offering for the trial. I forget what it was Mm -hmm. here nor there. Mm -hmm. Okay. Don't want to do the team wide thing. I think even what highlighted it too is when other things start happening in the league and you had the commissioner come up and say, man, we could have handled that that Kaepernick thing a lot better. Mm. And you got folks saying, no, really? Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm. If only somebody told you that, right? And still nothing. Still nothing. Still nothing. This league has always been a league about talent. Mm-hmm. No matter what you've done, you've had people kill folks, whether it's drunk driving or whatever. You've had folks beat up women. You've had folks beat up other people. Yeah. You've had folks do a lot of things in this league. Yeah. But if you were talented, they, well, we can fix that. And a lot of folks, multiple times, they just didn't want to give him a chance because of what he was doing with trying to bring attention to police brutality. And then that got corrupted. And they just like, nah. And this is the only time, really, that talent doesn't outweigh. Cool. So you can beat up folks. And that's fine. You can beat up people multiple times. That's fine. How dare you want to see something change for your community? Ugh, that's just nasty. Right. Well, let's rub off the nastiness with some black excellence. All right. Sound good? Sure. All right. So today we're going to highlight Zia Cook. 
She is one of the highest paid college basketball players. She is currently a junior guard and the leading scorer for the University of South Carolina women's basketball team. You remember they recently won the tournament in March and she was named one of the highest paid college basketball players in the Final Four. If you recall, now college players are able to make money from their name, image, and likeness or NIL deals. College football players are actually paid the most, while men's basketball players following close third behind actually female basketball players. Reason why is because women have a higher social media following. So for Zia, for instance, she has over 228,000 followers on Instagram. Mm -hmm. Her posts are valued at $8,000 each, according to Bloomberg. She's the top earner on her team, and she's recently partnered with H&R Block, which was her biggest deal to date. She's also partnered with DoorDash, Bojangles, and she said her best experience was with Fenty Skin, which is Rihanna's skincare line. So congratulations to her, and we hope to see more players capitalize on this opportunity, this NIL opportunity that they have. Yeah, man, get your money. Right? Get your money. Is the opportunity is there. They making money off you. Mm-hmm. You might as well get some of it. <laughs> I know that's right. This does go into our celebration of life, but I do consider it black excellence as well. I want to highlight Rachel Robinson and her late spouse, Jackie Robinson. If you didn't know, last week commemorated the 75th anniversary of Jackie Robinson Day, which actually commemorates the Hall of Famer's MLB debut. And it's wonderful to see how his widow has protected and preserved his legacy along the way. So every year, Rachel Robinson attends the celebration at Dodger Stadium, and it just solidifies her devotion to her late husband and her role as a trailblazer herself. What I did find interesting that you told me, Jackie Robinson has a connection to Austin. He's connected to the Central Texas area, Austin, even clean Fort Hood. Oh, wow. Because he served at Fort Hood. Okay. And he got put out of the Army for not wanting to take the backseat of a bus and clean. Oddly enough, the former mayor of Clean, a few mayors back, a black guy, ended up buying that bus company that did that to Jackie Robinson, which was a fun story to hear mm-hmm. uh, him talk about it. Because he was at Fort Hood, he spent a lot of time in Austin. Mm-hmm. He would come down on his time off and hang out over at Samuel Houston College, which mm-hmm. of course is merged and now become Houston Tillerson University. He was the basketball coach after he got his honorable discharge from the Army because his pastor was mm-hmm. the president there. This is back when Houston, or the college, I guess I should say, Samuel Houston, was a part of the Southwestern Atlantic Conference, which, of course, has Grambling and Southern and whatnot. Carl Downs, mm-hmm. which, if the name sounds familiar to those who are in Austin and new to Austin, of course, is the baseball field uh, over there in East Austin. Mm-hmm. Downs Field is right. named after him. And there's a whole other story about that field and... You have that story for another day. Mm-hmm. He just said there's very little money involved, but Carl would have done anything for me, so I couldn't turn him down. Aww. So he was a PE instructor and basketball coach, I believe, for a year. And I believe there's still some players around who talked about how they were coached by the Jackie Robinson. Right. So he has ties to Austin, but in that in the way of baseball, but with the university and coaching in East Austin. Right. And, you know, Miss Robinson, she is a trailblazer in her own right. You know, she did earn a master's degree in psychiatric nursing at New York University. She was a researcher 
researcher at Albert Einstein College of Medicine and Community Psychiatry and an assistant professor of nursing at Yale. She also incorporated the Jackie Robinson Development Corporation, which helped manage and build housing for people of moderate and low incomes. And a year later, she founded the Jackie Robinson Foundation, which is a nonprofit whose mission is to provide college scholarships and leadership training. This summer, she's planning to open the Jackie Robinson Museum. So although she's 99 years old, she's still thriving and she's still leaving her legacy. Of course, we remember the life of Jackie Robinson, but we also want to salute the trailblazing journey of Miss Robinson as well. Yes, you go, girl. And I will say, you know, unfortunately, there aren't any photos or detailed record of Jackie Robinson at Houston College. The papers didn't even cover it, mm. so, but they did talk to some former players, and, and you know, they're like, yeah, I, I can't tell you much at many of the specifics of the season beyond some trips across Texas, Louisiana, and Arkansas, but he said playing for Robinson left an impression. Mm-hmm. So, congrats to her for keeping that legacy alive. Right. We are sad to report that DJ K-Slay, he was an influential member of the New York hip-hop scene and beyond, I should say. He has died from COVID-19 complications. His family did confirm his death through a statement released by the radio station out there, Hot 97. He was only 55 years old. Mm-hmm. He was really a part of us growing up, you know, and a, a big piece of the hip-hop genre back in the early 90s. He was did a lot of production for up-and-coming rappers like Jay-Z and Eminem and was just a part of the hip-hop culture and movement and the spread of the hip-hop culture. He took the drama hour that was on mm-hmm. Hot 97. He had the Street Sweeper radio that was on Sirius Satellite Radio. He, there was also his mixtapes that mm-hmm. he would put out there. He got the name the Drama King from the Drama Hour and having drama pop off on his show. Mm-hmm. Before that, he was a graffiti artist. And recently, he had put together a song that actually had 110 rappers rapping on it. It's a 40-minute song, which I don't know how you got 140 or 110 rappers to get on the song. It's called Rolling 110 Deep. Well, he was the one that was involved in the tip between Nas and Jay-Z. Right. And what I found interesting most was he released over 500 mixtapes in 10 years. That's a lot of mixtapes. Yeah, well, you know, he, he is from that era of dropping tapes, like... That is a lot of mixtapes. I can remember the late 90s of how mixtapes was always dropping. You had to get this tape and that tape and this tape. And mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Only certain songs you're going to get on that mixtape. And yeah, he's definitely one of those DJs that would drive me crazy because they would always stamp the mixtape with their name and sound oh, yeah, during the yeah. song. Like, come on, man, I just want to hear the song. I don't want to hear who this is. Right. He's been getting tributes on social media and on different radio stations this whole week and weekend. But I didn't even know he was battling COVID. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it was well documented. I hadn't listened to his show in a while. So it was kind of a surprise when I saw it. Well, again, we send our condolences to family, friends, and fans of DJ K. Slay. We know this is probably a difficult time for him, but may his music and legacy continue to live on. In entertainment, we have an update. So, with the Will Smith situation, if you haven't heard Jada Pinkett Smith's her Red Table Talk, they have released the lineup for her show. One that they are saying is missing is Will. A lot of people assume that Will Smith would address the slap with Chris Rock at the red table. However, there's no mention of it. 
Other guests are scheduled to be on the show, such as Janelle Monet and even the parents of Chesley Crisp. They'll be talking about mental health issues and her suicide, but there's also other guests that are don't include her husband or Chris Rock. Yeah. Some people find it interesting because it was under the impression or guise that the Red Table was created to talk about issues and to have an open platform to have these discussions. And since she was so willing to talk about marital issues such as the quote-unquote entanglement, mm-hmm. then maybe she would talk about what was going on with Will. Yeah, I'm not surprised. You're not? One, I said the place, he needs to get help and not help yeah. from the Red Table. That's something I said from the jump. So you did. You did. I'm not surprised. The best way for that to fade away is not for him to come back months later and keep talking about it. So he's getting his help. He wants to move on. Yeah, I know there are a lot of people who thought that they would show up, like you said, on there and talk about it. But I think it's one of them things of, yo, he's getting the help that he needs. Professional help. Sitting there talking to her about it ain't going to do anything for him. Keep it popping. Let her do her thing. We'll see if people watch it. They watch it. Cool. If they don't want to watch it, cool. (laughs) And the world will keep moving. Yeah. Yeah. Kim Kardashian was on the Ellen DeGeneres show. And on that show, she talked about her desire to wear adult diapers when she took the bar exam because she had to sit there for eight hours straight. Although people were kind of surprised at her desire to wear, depends possibly, a lot of us attorneys, we understood completely. If you're not familiar, if you haven't taken the bar exam, it is a long three-day in some states test. Mm -hmm. It is all day. You need every minute of that eight hours to get through essay questions, multiple questions, and in some states, they have the multi-state performance test. So the multi-state performance test is basically a packet. You're supposed to analyze this packet and give either a brief or whatever the instructions are asking for. This is all crunched into an eight-hour time frame. Every minute counts because you're reading through documents you've never seen before and having to analyze this information under a time crunch. The idea of going to the restroom is non-existent because you know you need this time, and you going to the restroom takes away that time. So when she's saying she should wear a diaper, some people were saying, oh, yeah, that would have been a good idea, actually, because there's been cases where people have relieved themselves right there or didn't make it to the restroom because they were just caught in a question and couldn't walk away or whatever. It's not too far-fetched, but it is. (laughs) Yeah, it is, and it's not. Me personally, I just wouldn't hydrate and rock it like I have before, but there's a stewardess. That's something that they do as well because of current climate of sanitizing bathrooms and the whole nine and, and some of the long flights. From what I've heard, they do the same thing. Right. I wouldn't do it, but who am I to judge? If that's what it takes for you to, to accomplish your goal, hey, do you. Because the fun thing is you ain't got to tell everybody you're doing it. That, so, yeah, but, you know, unless you want people to know you're doing it. Otherwise, eh. Right. And I think that it's, not only the fact that you're under a time crunch, you don't want to set out or trigger any of this new technology that we have that administers the exams, that if you're not sitting perfectly still and taking the test, then you get flagged for cheating or anything else. Like you are under a microscope while taking the exam. And so the idea of even taking that two second break of walking away, not okay, maybe not two seconds, but two minute break. <laughs> she went to the trash can and ladies. Right. I had a diaper on. Uh-huh. <laughs> but um that two minute break could be make or break for some people. 
I think it's a really important conversation to really look at this process and not only how it's effective on mental health, but also effective on physical health. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. again, there have been stories upon stories of people not being able to go to the restroom and having accidents. Well, you got to weed out the weak ones. I don't know. Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, this is our last story. Yeah. And I'm glad we saved it for last because it's here in Austin. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, it could affect this entire globe. Wait, our palm is going to be paying for stuff? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's already being done up in, uh, I believe, Seattle. Oh, okay. Well, it's already started like last year. And Austin is going to be the first region outside Seattle where this will work at Whole Foods. It's through Amazon One because Amazon, of course, bought out Whole Foods a few years ago, which is why you see a lot of Amazon Prime stuff at Whole Foods or whatever. It's going to add six more stores. So they're going to start with the one that's over in Northwest Austin. It's optional. You don't have to do it. Okay. But you'll be able to register a palm or both uh, along with a credit card at a store with the scanning tech. Next, people can choose their groceries and then scan a palm to pay at the register. Okay, well, wait. So we're not having to implant anything. This is just scanning the surface of my hand. Right. I guess you scan your hand, put in some credit card information, and when it's time to check out, you scan your hand, and it's like, cool. This- kind of like the fingerprint while opening my phone, like that kind of technology. I'm, I'm just saying, I, I don't need a chip. Probably it's not mo- a chip in my hand. Probably more of a scan your face. Okay, I'm with you. You're okay. not touching, from what I can tell from the picture they have, you're not touching the device. You're scanning over it. So it's really touchless paying at this point. They said this new technology does not include Amazon's just walk out technology, uh, which has been at some Whole Foods markets, Amazon Fresh and Amazon Go stores. So coming soon to Austin, you will be able, if you choose to, to scan your hand and pay for your food at Whole Foods. Yeah. Are you going to do it? I don't really shop at Whole Foods like that, though. But now you can scan your hand. I mean, we have HEV. We're spoiled, so. You can now scan your palm, though. I know, but the way HEV is set up, I don't care about using my card swipe. Like, I still am loyal. I can tell you, I've gone I've gone to Whole Foods a few times. Mm-hmm. And, of course, I've done the hot bar. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, they have a good hot bar. Right. Yeah. So, especially when I was downtown more, mm-hmm. uh, I guess we're getting that way. But you can go there and it wasn't expensive. That's why I went. But would I do it? No. I don't have any plans to do that in the future. You never know what happens. But, yeah, as of right now, uh, I'll just use my touch to pay. If I don't want to use my card, I'll use my phone. Right. Yeah. Um, I'm, 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 I'm cool good. with that. Yeah. So. Yeah. I think we have enough touchless technology that I don't think that my palm reading is necessary. <laughs> That's a palm reading. No. That's funny, though. It's it, true. It's what it does. But palm reading is technically what is happening. It's what it does. At the cashier. Yeah. You just wave your hand. I don't need that. My payment methods are perfectly fine with me at this point. You know point. what? I would do that just to be able to do the Jedi mind trick of waving your hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as I'm thinking about that, I would do that and wave my hand and probably make some terrible joke. I would do it with my daughter there and so, be all like, look what mommy can do. Yeah. yeah. Be like, look, look, at, look at me <laughs> and my horrible jokes. It's corny joke time. <laughs> Especially if it was made of fourth. Ooh, oh, yeah. Wow. I had to cross this that. I know what I'm doing on May the 4th. Well, y'all know what jokes you're going to hear on May the 4th. Oh, yeah, of course you are. Of course. (laughs) (laughs) Come on now. Every year. Every year. Well, it's been a pleasure this week, but as all good things, it must come to an end. 
So this is the end of our show, Yawn. People can listen to our full episode on our podcast platforms. Again, that's Podbean, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, FM Player, Pandora, Listen Notes, and Apple gonna act right eventually. You know what? I need to check Pandora because I don't even remember if they ever told me. I think they did. I don't know. We'll see. But yeah, check it. Yeah, so you can check out the full episode. So until next week, our friends. May the fourth be with you. It's not even time yet, though. Hey, get you ready. It's not even time yet, it, though. It's always time for Star Wars. It's not, but that it's no, not even no, a Star no, Wars. No, it's no, just corny. No, no, no. May the fourth be with you. We out. We definitely are. Bye. <laughs>